Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. the supreme court <laughs> i know it's a terrible insult i'm so sorry it, i'm and so it sorry but it shouldn't be no it should be great i mean they've got like some, some badasses on there too yeah the well, notorious rbg mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and uh do you like soda mayor yeah yeah they have great ones sure they're like the pepperoni and sausage on a supreme pizza <laughs> they're really what you want it's mm-hmm. those green peppers and mushrooms and onions on the outskirts of the pie where you're like oh you're ruining this mm-hmm. yeah yeah God damn. Damn it. Well, that's the end of the podcast. No, we're here to be positive. We're mm-hmm. here to be positive. We're here to be happy. Yes. That's what this is about. It is. Not the drudge r- drudgery. Not the drudgery. But I do like your bit about Sotomayor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg being the sausage and pepperoni on a Supreme Pizza. They really that's are. That's pretty good. That makes me feel good. Right? Because, you know, the reality is such a fucking bummer. Yeah, the rest of that pie, the bread's too thick and there's not enough sauce. It's and, just it's, a and it's made pie. of shit. And it's made of shit. <laughs> the rest of the pie. <laughs> it's just a shit pie. <laughs> What's up, Mary Jane? Hi, Mike. How are you? Good. We're going to be fucking positive, happy, and joyous for the next hour. I love it. Yeah. I need it. I do, too. Good. That, that's why I, I love doing this with you. Great. Thanks for coming to my apartment to record. Yeah, I love being here, except it's very warm. It is warm mm-hmm. up here. It, you know what's even hotter? What's that? The loud sex my neighbors have. Dude. That you can hear through all the walls. They like banging so much. Yeah. They have such a good time doing it. Right. And uh, you stepped up for a minute um, to go grab a snack, and uh, the guy came while you were out, and uh, he, like, sang hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) It was amazing. (laughs) I mean, if I ever see them in the hallway, I'm going to high-five them. Hell yes. Mm -hmm. I love that they have such great sex. It's fucking awesome. I mean, I I feel like every time I come over. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of... I have a bunch of neighbors. We're all... Um, we're all just like young folks with the exception of a few and it, it, all my neighbors have good sex at least once a month. Yeah. You know, they, they're, you know, in it every day. They have a great day, Mm -hmm. but then sometimes my downstairs neighbors, like he'll bring home some other dude or maybe he's in a relationship. I don't know their lives, but you know, they'll have really good sex. My person across next door to me, Mm -hmm. you know, he'll have a great date and I'll, I'll know at one in the morning when they're laughing, I'm like, oh, they're about to have great sex too. And you can hear all of it because I live in a paper mache (laughs) complex. Yeah, I mean, there's like weird chanting that you can hear sometimes as oh well. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Right? Yeah, my other neighbor does like, uh, uh, is a part of a religion where like every Sunday she houses and they chant with sound bowls and om and do all of that. And then they go around in a circle and I hear them say like uh, uh, compliments to each other. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like a great way to live. It's a cool complex. Real, it's like progressive, sex positive. There's a lot of like faith and energy that's positive coursing through here. That feels good. Yeah, it's got a good energy. I like it a lot. Thanks. Yeah. So if you want to come over, DM me. (laughs) Come listen to some neighbors. Yeah. (laughs) Just be a voyeur. Uh huh. A creepy, creepy voyeur. That is so true. If this was a Hitchcock movie, like I would be the one who heard the blood curdling scream. You are the one. Oh, no. In your, own, <laughs> in your own Hitchcock movie. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I don't have nearly as cool a uh, situation at my place because um, all my neighbors are kind of older and they've like 
lived there a while and I don't know the guy downstairs is really great because he gardens all the time and he's always like out there puttering with plants and has like you know making chit chat with him is nice because it's yeah. about like his tomato plants and stuff and that's nice but my immediate next door neighbors pound on the wall sometimes if I'm loud and I really fucking hate that how do you know it's not their butts <sighs> and you know they shut us down one night when we were recording oh that's right fucking annoying yeah Damn. Um, yeah, I don't like that because it's not like I'm having a party. Like it's just you know voices having a good time and they hammer on the wall. And, yeah. Ugh, I don't know. That bumps me up. But the cool thing that I have going on in my apartment right now is that I have a breeding pair of peregrine falcons living on my roof. What do you mean? What? I know. What? Peregrine falcons. Breeding pair. Yeah. Like they like have they're, sex. They're nesting and oh they're, they're up there boning on my roof. Everything's fuck. It's the summer of fucking. It's it's great. Awesome. And I know about it because my um. Animals were going crazy the other day because these falcons were like flying around, like making all of their little falcony sounds, which are like these high pitched kind of like all these crazy sounds. And um, I'm pretty sure they're nesting up there because they're there all the time now. That's great. Mm -hmm. Oh, so neat. Yeah. Wow. And they're not that common. I mean, you know, they're, you can find them in LA, but like a nesting pair of falcons is pretty dope. Do you know they're falcons by sight or did you Google brown bird? Well, I saw them and I knew that they were some kind of like part of the raptor family, mm-hmm. like some kind of small hawk. Um, but I didn't know that they were peregrines until my downstairs neighbor with the tomato plants said that he thought they were peregrines. And then I looked them up and identified them through, yeah, yeah sure the enough. Googles. Heck yeah. With the bars on their wings and like the way their head looks and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Everything's having babies. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. This mm-hmm. is really nice. So are you going to be able to keep track of... Like, would you ever set up a camera or anything up there? Like, any kind of way to live stream? I just, I loved when that eagle nest was just a live stream, and it was like, that babies do any day. And I watched, I had it in the corner of my laptop screen every day to watch that baby get born. That's so rad. I love those animal live stream cams, for sure. But I don't think there's any way for me to get up on the roof of my building. And also, I don't have the technology. So, no. What if instead of climbing up, you drop down? What if we get a helicopter and you (laughs) belay down, drop a camera, and then go, we got it, and then I reel you up? I think I'm good just, you know, knowing they're up there. (laughs) All right. Fine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I was really... You know, hoping to Mission Impossible. <laughs> I did see a hawk in uh, Los Feliz the other night. I went for a hike with my friend Natalie up in the hills of Los Feliz where all of like, the beautiful homes are and stuff. And we were like, it was magic hour and the sky was all pink and blue. And this massive hawk, not a peregrine, like a big, big, like a Cooper's hawk or something. Um, like could it lift a raccoon? For sure. Oh, shit. That's a, a big hawk. It was a big fucking bird. I was worried about my dog. Yeah. Because he's just a little 20-pound terrier. And it flew into the tree, and I was looking way up into the tree, and I was like, oh, my God, look at that hawk. And then Natalie pointed directly below the hawk, and she was like, look, it's Kevin Bacon. (laughs) (laughs) So I saw a hawk and Kevin Bacon. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Did you get to see Kevin Bacon's front or Kevin Bacon's back? I saw his back, but it was definitely him. It was him. I'd recognize that back. Oh, was he, like, doing footloose shit down the trail? (laughs) Yeah, just, like, jetés. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hi, Kevin Bacon. Shut, shut, shut. Um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Wow, we both had Hawk Weeks. I know. Yeah. What was your Hawk Week? I was a guest on a podcast that just dropped today that we're recording this, which I guess would be yesterday, tomorrow. Wow. Um, uh, called Birds of a Feather. And you pick a bird card out of like a fortune deck. Mm-hmm. And I did uh, all the shuffling. I knocked three times and I drew a hawk. Whoa. Yeah. So I, um, and then we talked about like what that represents. And if that makes sense, like if I am a hawk in that, and I definitely am a hawk. 
there's no way around it really quick uh it's katie and kara and their podcast is birds of a feather and i was oh dear i'm the guest on episode 66 Ooh. mario lemieux uh oh. and you can't miss it it's called cam comedy cannabis and cooking and uh yeah i drew the hawk card wait what's the mario lemieux reference he was number 66 for the pittsburgh penguins oh that was his number yeah sweet yeah uh, right. So, yeah, and so like a hawk, you know, like they circle and they, they look from afar, but they are, they're like lone wolves who want to lead the pack, but well, they also like live alone. They're predators. And they're fucking predators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's me. You relate? Oh, fuck yeah, I relate. Mm-hmm. Especially the, uh, like the sitting in a tree and watching everything part, like that's me to a T. You get me at a house party, it's not like you can't find me, you just have to find the corner I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For sure. Or I climb up on the cat thing and I, I look at everyone from above. The cat the, thing. You know those big cat things that they climb on because cats need height? Oh, like a cat tree? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll climb just... up on those and watch everyone. <laughs> I was just picturing you standing on a cat. <laughs> <laughs> like just up on the back of a cat. Wait, was the cat long ways? So I'm standing like my front and back legs are on its front and back, like its shoulder blades and butt? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, what a weird thing to do at a party. Yeah. Also mean to the cat. Super mean. Um, Unless I brought my own cat and it was like a thing, that's what, then I would. Like a cat that you'd train to do that. Yeah, Which would be sure. a great trick. That would be awesome. You know? Yeah, or like a tiger. I think only, the only cat that could hold me is a tiger. Yeah, maybe a puma. Well, this is a great time to bring up that I'm smoking workshop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I had something else to say about eagles okay, and hawks, yeah. though. Oh, please. Let's talk about birds all day, every day. Well, I just wanted to say that for all of your, like, cool predatory circling by yourself and being alone, hawks sometimes, or eagles, and specifically bald eagles, when I pulled into um, Ketchikan for the first time in Alaska, um, I was like, what are all those white things up in that tree? And the trees over the fishing port of Ketchikan, Alaska are chock full of like hundreds of bald eagles and their heads just look like white berries in a bush there are so many of them and then when the fishing boats come in and they're like offloading their catch the eagles circle up like seagulls there's hundreds of them and they like dive bomb the water and it's pretty cool you can look up video of it it's crazy and they act like crazy like seagull behavior and they're not like all cool up in the tree they're like yeah i've never seen a bald eagle Really? So I can only imagine what it would be like to see every single one that still exists in I'll, one place. I'll find one with you. That's so neat. I see them fairly often. Yeah? Not here in California. Mm-hmm. No. Totally. Really? Yep. I didn't even know that they... I picture them only being on flags and in, like, night trees. <laughs> so I would never expect to see one. Some of the best bird watching in the world is here in California. Like, when I go on my walks and... Um, like any of the parks or anything, I'll see like ten to fifteen different species of birds every different every time. Yeah, like, I think you have a knack for that, though. Well, it's kind of how, like, it's just how your eyes work. You know, if you're used to looking. You mean then, like where you look? Yeah, like if you're used to looking, then you see them. You know what I mean? You know what? I do forget to look up. Like I super forget that there's anything above my eye line at all times. And I, when I look up, I'm like, holy shit, the sky? Well, yeah, sometimes there's that. And then there's also, like, if your ear is trained to just hear different things, you'll hear, like, a bird call and actually realize, like, 
if you look in that direction, you'll see the bird that's making it. And I think sometimes in our urban sort of auditory way, we don't necessarily listen to the sounds that are around us or look at what's making that sound because it's just all like a cacophony constantly, Mm -hmm. or we have headphones on. Yeah. So if you hike without headphones and you hear a sound and you look where that sound came from, sometimes you see a cool thing. Wow. That's so just human. (laughs) (laughs) If you look where you hear, then you see. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. I I don't know anything about birds, but I like spotting them and then um, texting my bird expert friend who will identify it for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really neat. It is neat. Ooh, I would love to see it. Okay. This year, bald eagle. Yeah. Please see one with me. Okay. Cool. Done. Especially because hiking right now, it's too, it's too fucking hot, Mm -hmm. but I'm craving a good sweaty hike to just like you know, squeeze the ooze out of my pores. Mm, yeah. yeah, get that ooze out. Would you want to go on a hike and go bird watching with me? Well, you know what my move is that I came up with recently that? that I hadn't thought of? I don't know why. You take like three, um, like 2.5 to 5 milligram almonds mm-hmm. or some like Kiva, you know, dark chocolate covered espresso bites that are infused with just like 5 milligrams each. And throw a couple of those in your uh, trail mix at the beginning of your hike, polish off that trail mix, and by the time you get to the top of the hike, like everything's beautiful. That's a great call. Yeah. I love that. Isn't that a good move? Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, those low-dose edibles for going on long walks are the best because... Like there was, they're the petromints. If you have the petromints, they're two, two and a half milligrams each. 100%. I just had one of those before work one day and it was when I was walking to work every day. And, um, I like on the way to work, had totally forgotten I'd eaten it, but I heard the wind blow through a tree (laughs) and I stopped and I looked at the tree and I was standing there and I was like listening to the wind in the tree and just looking at the leaves and thinking how beautiful it was and having this moment of complete peace and just being in that moment. And then I was like, Oh, right. I ate that mint. Yeah. <laughs> and it was great. It was really nice. I think we need more of that in our lives right now. So I love that yeah. tip. Maybe maybe it is the year of microdosing. It's like yeah. microdose culture right now is should be and would be healthy and thriving for quite a few people. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Oh, I can't remember the last time I like listened to the wind. Yeah. Instead of was like, oh, it's blowing my bag. Oh. <laughs> Get out of here, wind. I think maybe I'll do that. I'm, I'm definitely feeling the need to like be out in nature a lot right now because just just that's how I'm feeling right now. So maybe I'll do that when I go camping next week and I'll like do some microdosing and just get out, get out and listen to the earth. Yeah. Breathe. Yeah. I would go hike. I've only gone camping once and it was with you. Mm-hmm. Um, can you camp naked and hike naked if you're camping? Yeah. That would be that would be kind of cool. Hundred percent. You just need to make sure you have a backpack with water, mm-hmm. a lot of sunscreen, and oh, you always yeah. have to wear socks and boots. Totally, because of, of like snakes, yeah, and scorpions here in SoCal. But yeah, you can we could completely do nudist natural hikes and camping. That would be such a trip. It's the best. I've never been naked, like in nature. Before. Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness! I'm, I'll never forget my first time, and then I never looked back. Really? Can okay. I tell you about oh, please, it? Please, yes. Okay. My friend Nicole and I were, um, we wrote a play together that we were touring across uh, the fringe circuit. And so we were doing these like, like we'd perform in one city and then like have to drive to the next city and like do these mad dashes. And we were doing a drive from London, Ontario to Seattle. And we only had, I think, two days to do it in because then we had to be somewhere else to perform again. And so it was just this mad dash, all-nighters, driving, driving, driving. But we stopped in the Badlands. Have you ever been to the Badlands? Uh, I know it from video games. 
So you know what it looks like, right? Yes. It's yes, like yes, that yes. sort of like, like I think they've filmed like space movies there because it looks like the landscape of a different planet. Totally. And it's so gorgeous. And we were like, we have to stop. We have to stop. And so we pulled over. We were both totally like fried from the drive, but we pulled over and we walked into the Badlands a little bit and we were hiking and we were completely alone. It was the middle of the day and we came around this corner and there was this rock formation that just looked like this huge vulva. Mm -hmm. And Nicole was just such a fucking force and light. And she was like, oh my God. And she just immediately took off all of her clothes and she got onto the rock and she did this beautiful back bend on the rock. And she was like, take a picture of me, take a picture of me. And so I snapped a picture of her. I have it somewhere of her doing this like amazing back bend on this vulva shaped rock. Uh-huh. And then she was like, you do it, you do it. And so I took off all of my clothes and I was like in some yoga pose on this rock. And I, I just remember like feeling like all of my body open, my, my, like my, my chest and my throat and my, like my entire body just open to the elements on this rock under the sky with this like dearest friend and uh, it was like fucking magical wow and then like five minutes after we put our clothes on a hiker came up the trail and he was like doo, doo, doo. and I was oh, like yeah. you just missed like <laughs> two very naked girls doing some crazy shit <laughs> <laughs> it was fun that's so cool yeah it was great also uh, nudity with friends no oh, it's the best yeah it sounds like it makes the bond stronger oh my god I used to camp naked with a bunch of friends on Fire Island like, we'd go back to the house and put all of our clothes on, but on the beach, we'd just be naked. Right. Swimming, laying, just, reading. Yep. Swimming naked is the best thing in the world. Sitting on a beach towel, reading with a cold cocktail. Just naked, not non-sexualized, just chilling. That's the thing. Like I, it, like, I would love to have my mind cross over from sexualizing everything, because mm-hmm. I think I absolutely would at first. I would be like... I'd be like, oh my gosh, everything. Like, we're all going to fuck and it's going to be crazy. And it's like, once I get over the initial, like, primal sex part and we're all just, like, naked humans wearing skin suits and just having a fun time as friends, Mm -hmm. that would be the coolest transition into being comfortable being naked myself and also being chill with, like, a pal. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's an amazing shift. And I, yeah, when it happened for me with that group of friends... At that point, I had never like really done like I'd been on nude beaches and stuff, but I'd never been naked with a group of friends. I'd been like naked with my friend Nicole and I'd been to Burning Man around a lot of naked people, but never fully naked myself. And there was a night where we were all together. We were out on Fire Island. We'd taken mushrooms. And all of a sudden I looked at my friend Cedric and I was like, Cedric, you're naked. And he just looked back at me and he was like, aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like holy shit yes and so i took off all my clothes and it was under the moon and then like i think we never put our clothes back on basically for the rest of the week yeah yep wow but it wasn't like a sexual thing it was just like freedom yeah Mm -hmm. oh i think about that a lot i think about like after i shower and i get dressed for the day how i immediately go from like feeling clean and refreshed and awake to like suppressing my dick and putting ankle ankle bars around my uh, uh, like socks, like socks are like you know weird chains to your on your soul. Mm-hmm. And it's very intense mm-hmm. to like. Do I wear underwear today or not? Because I don't know if I want that kind of like repressed squeeze on my body all day long. That I think subconsciously definitely fucks with you. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely, it does. Damn. Yep. I'll go be naked somewhere. I it would be insane. I would love to hear if anyone has any like naked tales. Mm-hmm. Share them if you want. We can keep them anonymous, or we could not read them. But if you want to just interact with us, I think this is a really cool topic. I've never heard anyone openly talk about. Hmm. So, 
Fucking hell. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Uh, what else is up? Um, I'm thinking about taking a social media break. What do you mean? Like shutting it all down for like two weeks to a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that? What 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 does that mean? Like not being on social media for a month. Okay. Just like no Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or anything for a month. Does that include internet? Um, I would like it to. Yeah. Yeah. What about email? What about text? I would ideally, in a perfect world, here's what it would look like. Okay. Um, I have enough money to take two to three weeks off, possibly a month, but that's, you know, at the outside, but two to three weeks um, and go off the grid completely like I used to, like I have in the past when, you know, I've been to Alaska, you know, like out there that didn't have anything but pen and paper mm-hmm. and, um, and just really kind of like burrowing down into... being there and not worrying about social media or the you know current state of the world how many days until you feel okay with it like how many days of a purge until you feel free because i think those first two days for me i'm going fucking crazy at least the first two days Mm -hmm. yeah how long do you think it would take you to to feel free and cleansed and like kind of reboot four days and then i would love another week without it to become so accustomed to it and then the week after that is the rhythm right the rhythm of not needing it not thinking about it not caring and doing yeah 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 I think that's that sounds about right I think like to really set it in your bones you know to get the hours in where it feels normal to not be looking at a screen and not be checking your mentions and not be answering an email and not be reading the stories uh, online that it it to really set it in your bones it takes at least a couple of weeks Damn. yeah so that's what I want I was just reading uh, a piece about Jonathan Franzen in the New York Times do you mm-hmm. know the author Jonathan Franzen absolutely um, and he wrote about how he just stopped reading all of his mentions at a certain point after because he, he had that famous uh, he wrote The Corrections which is an absolutely incredible novel and then Oprah picked it for her book club and then he sort of like dissed Oprah and was like uh I don't really want that corporate logo on my book. <laughs> like oh. he questioned her authority to like be a taste mate. He was like, I want my book to stand alone. I don't really want it to be part of her book club. And then she disinvited him from being on the show. And then he just got a ton of hate mail. And he was like, after that, I just stopped listening to anything that anyone had to say about me. Yeah. How? Mm. And he doesn't do social media at all. And he doesn't read anything that anyone writes about him. And um, I don't, it's a really great piece. You should read it. It's on, on the um, website right now, the New York Times website. And uh he wrote, he wrote this one thing that said, um, on one hand, to function well, you have to believe in yourself and your abilities and summon enormous confidence from somewhere. And on the other hand, to write well or just to be a good person, you need to be able to doubt yourself, to entertain the possibility that you're wrong about everything, that you don't know everything, and to have sympathy with people whose lives and beliefs and perspectives are very different from yours. And the internet was supposed to do this for people, but it didn't. So he's like, the, the internet is actually the problem. The internet, and, and he makes a claim later in the article about how the, how the internet is responsible for fragility. The, the idea of the current state of everyone being fragile and snowflakes and everything is that they, it's the constant stream of other people's ideas into your head that are rendering you a vessel for other people's ideas and thoughts at all times and that you are constantly looking for approbation and how other people view you that is rendering people like brittle little fragile yeah. pieces of glass. 
Wow. And I was like, it's, he's, he's, he's so right. And I need to go. So right. I need to go. Do it. Uh, to go back to the clothing metaphor, it is like all of the social media, it's like layers of clothes, other people's clothes on your mind mm-hmm. and in your heart and soul. Like you're just like wearing other people's hand-me-downs in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Oh, please leave. Okay. Please get the fuck out of here. Bye. Yeah. Oh, let the wind blow on your brain like a Nintendo cartridge and just come back clearer, faster, sharper, stronger. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I just need to figure out where to go and how to pay for it. <laughs> oh, you should do a Twitter poll and Great. then turn that into an Instagram post. Mm-hmm. And then on Facebook say, recommendations needed. Uh, and then put a make a new email account to check and remember the password for. Mm-hmm. And uh, and maybe that's a start. <laughs> well, if I go, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to like keep keep our pod going while we're both gone. Like you're gonna be gone and yeah. I'll be gone. Yeah. And we're gonna figure that out. Do we? I want to. I do too. I love this. Yeah. Are you asking because you you don't think we do? I no, I absolutely do. Okay. Well, but now I'm thinking like Jonathan, where it's like. I just want to do what I do. I don't owe anyone anything. I just want to stand alone and make stuff I'm proud of and put it in the world and move on. Totally, but I don't think he's arguing against collaborating with people that you care about or believe in. He hates our podcast. Oh, my God. He hates it. He wishes we would stop. I guarantee it. I know it. (laughs) I know it. I think his point is just don't listen to what anyone else says about you and do your own thing and believe in it. And it's kind of like what Charlie Sheen, I interviewed Charlie Sheen recently, and it's kind of like the same thing that Charlie Sheen said, where he's like, you know, after your world goes to shit, the only way to be able to pick yourself up and dust yourself off is to believe in yourself the way you once did. Yeah. That's all that can matter. Like, you have to believe that you can do whatever it is that you want to do. And if you don't believe that you can do it, then it's never going to happen. <laughs> and that's so basic. But it's, you know, hearing it affirmed from different people. People who are wildly different people. Yeah. Yeah, but mm-hmm. still kind of resonate to the same core. Yeah. Ooh. You need to just, you know, believe in it. Damn. Yeah. So, yeah, I th- I don't know. I love this podcast. I want to keep making it with you. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Good. I got worried there for a second. No way. All right. Oh, yeah, I'll do this until the day I, that I die. Mm-hmm. 100%. Good. All right. I, I was thinking to, like... Uh, me too, by the way. What do you mean? I'll do it until the day I die. Oh, I thought you were me tooing me. No, I'm not me tooing anyone. Okay. <laughs> Because then I was like, oh, geez. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Like, I guess that, like, the name. Okay, hold on. And now I got to get back on track. Because I got, like, scared. I'm sorry I interrupted you. It's like, I try and live a, a, a whole life oh, of meaning God. and purity. That was a bad move on my part. I'm sorry I got scared because I didn't, like, affirm that I wanted to do it, too. And then I got weird. Sorry. I get it. It's kind of like you have to say it out loud. Otherwise, it doesn't come true. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to keep doing the podcast. Whether... One of us is naked on the beach with no internet, or... (laughs) We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. (laughs) It would be very funny if we did, like, um, if we recorded episodes to drop in the future, but we only talked about, like, topical things because we just didn't care. And so all of our hot takes were weeks old. Just ancient. (laughs) Just ancient. Relics. 1872. (laughs) You know? I mean, the shit moves so fast that it only takes a week for something to not be a story anymore now. Did you read the new Garfield cartoon in the Sunday paper? Odie. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> um, I'm getting a lot of DMs, people asking what we're going to debate next. Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of things and hot takes out there, and uh, people want to know like where we stand 
like, do we disagree on certain things? I disagree with you on a lot of things. <laughs> Most things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't even think that there's a Starbucks underneath the Denver airport where the 1% get all of their cold brew before they fly. Do not believe it. Bullshit. Nope. Okay. Do you <laughs> believe in, um, uh, what's another great conspiracy? That Anunnaki lizards? Yeah, but they're real and we both know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Conspiracy theories. I, I'm not a big believer in conspiracy, any conspiracy theory. You know, they always have me like full of facts until they start referencing scripture. And then they start adding like, um, st- like star wipes to the YouTube video where it's like, whoa, ha, 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 oh. ha. and then it's a star wipe to a Bible verse. And then it moves on. And I'm like, ah, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. The conspiracy theorists have so much in common with the like end of the worlders because, you know, it's all based in fear. The reason that they exist is because those, you know, whoever's making them up, they're afraid of chaos and disorder and they need reasons for everything. And so they draw lines and make parallels between things that are completely unrelated because they're afraid. Do you want to hear my new one? Yep. I think, you know how like we're going to be popping off on Mars soon? Did I talk about Amazon and Mars? Uh, No. So you know how like we're overpopulated? There's like, you know, so, so many people in the world. Nobody's dying. Everyone's living. We're growing at a cancerous rate. I think, um, Elon Musk has unlimited funding to colonize Mars Mm -hmm. and him and Bezos because Amazon kind of runs the whole world um, they're going to just turn Mars into like a huge Amazon and we're all going to work in customer centers up on Mars for Amazon but the the spin will be like oh man have you been to Mars you haven't you gotta go here's a one way ticket and when you want to come back anytime just get a ticket back but you should check it out for a month or two right and then you just like blow all your money you're partying on Mars next thing you know you need a job the only job up there is working for Amazon in either a warehouse or a call center and then everyone down here the whole 1% continues to live on the earth because there has been like a mass colonization up in the stars and they get to stay down here with all of Elon Musk's like speed light tunnels and you know Tesla anti-gravity self-driving cars <laughs> and uh yeah and that's how it's gonna go wow have you seen Total Recall hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah and you know it's coming true mm-hmm. I can kind of picture it for sure right yeah there's so many movies with that kind of like great weird space colonization dystopian future shit that I totally can believe like the Mar- like the moon because we know we can go up there now like we've put a footprint up there um, or at least a sound stage mm-hmm. depending on what you believe oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like but there's no reason that we couldn't turn um, the moon into just like huge airplane hangers full of snow globes and kids clothes f- mm. because we need a place to put all the products that are being made and manufactured for people at this time there's no way there's enough room for all of it so the moon will become a huge you know um like the garage in the backyard shitty garage kind of yeah the moon will be a <laughs> shitty garage the mars will be amazon be like cars up on blocks and shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's so dusty in here. Yeah, the moon is made of dust. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And wow. then we're just going to use a black hole to shove all of our goddamn garbage into it because we're like, I don't know what's on the other side, but we can't figure it out. Oh, my God. Someone's got to fix that problem. I, I mean, I'm not against shoving garbage into a black hole. That sounds like a great fix. It does, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it disintegrates into just energy to be put elsewhere. Yeah. I think black holes 
absorb things around them. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like a great. Can you just like get on the get on the horn and deal with that real I'm quick? I'm trying to talk to Elon. Look, unblock me, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he got worried. Yeah, because I'm I'm coming for him with my own big brain. Yeah, yeah. I should do a huge TED talk called Elon Get At Me. <laughs> Man, if I were him, I'd be scared. Why? Do He's you... probably just worried about, I don't know. I don't know. When you're him, don't you worry about like someone taking you out? Mm, you mean like murder? Or do you mean like somebody being uh, of stronger intelligence and like leaping light years no. ahead of him? I mean like all the weirdos around who are just like stalking you and trying to like get at you. you know? Oh, yeah. He's, he probably lives in some kind of like force field, you know, bubble Tesla. For sure. It's an invisible Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. If I were him, I would have an invisible Tesla. <laughs> have you seen that episode of Atlanta? Mm-mm. Okay, so there's one episode. I'm not spoiling anything because you haven't seen it by now. It's a small part, but it's a great part. But they're at this club popping off, and there's this uh, other dude who's there popping off with bottle service. And they're like, wait, what the fuck? This dude looks like he has an invisible car. He's the dude with the invisible car. And uh, one of them is like, what are you talking about? And they show his Instagram, and he's just standing in a parking lot in front of nothing, like posting up with peace signs. And it's like, got my new invisible car. Oh, my God. Then at the end of the episode, they're outside the club just like, you know, cooking up on uh, the back of a hood, rolling a blunt. And then you hear pop, pop, pop of a gun. And then you see someone peel off, and it's just a dude sitting on nothing. And it's an invisible car (laughs) racing down the parking lot. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. The best callback (laughs) <laughs> of great. TV in 20 in in years. But yeah, Elon's got one of those. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I figured he would. Yeah, he should come on the pod. I got questions for him. Yeah, come on Elon, come answer some Nobody things. asks him good questions. Well, he's not very interesting to talk to, I think is part of the problem. Yeah, but you that's know? by Do you think that's by choice or do you think that's by uh, by brain? People with giant brains are very interesting to talk to sometimes, but sometimes their brains just don't function in a way where they want to have a conversation. And I think that's his brain. But he owes it to me. Well, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, he's just not conversational. A couple of times that I've seen him interviewed, he seems very, you know, his affect is very flat and it seems like he's thinking about something else the whole time, Mm -hmm. which he probably is. Yeah, like universal math. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably got in the back of his head, he's on like the thousandth digit of pi. (laughs) Exactly. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. I don't want to chat about chocolate and <laughs> ranch versus blue cheese. Speaking of which, uh-huh. what's our debate? Oh, I don't know. I love everything right now. It's, it's Everything's great. The world like is alive. Elon Musk or Stephen Hawking? Oh. Who's better? Who's better? Oh, my gosh. That's a really tough question. Stephen well, Hawking. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. it's undeniable. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I want to get off Elon because the more I talk about him, the more I get into how I think he's a super villain. Oh. And I don't really want to do that. You want to stay positive this week. Yeah, it's yeah. a positive week. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we can talk about pizzas. Yeah. We could talk about um, cake, French yep. fries, soup. Um, soup, huh? I hate soup. You do? Yeah, that's pretty well known. I didn't know that. Yeah, what do you soup. mean well-known? It's well-known. Like to the local populace? <laughs> to, to anyone who will talk to me about soup. Who do you talk to about soup? Uh, I've gotten in some good yelling arguments online with uh, Lisa Curry, Kristen Clifford. A lot of people love soup, and I hate soup. What's your issue with soup? It's just like gross water. It's like the La Croix of meals. What's wrong with La Croix? It, all right, that's a bad example because I do like La Croix. It's delicious. Bubbly, cold. Yeah. Good for you, zero calories. 
um, hydrates. God damn. Makes you look hip. You're wearing a little quad hat right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. The hypocrisy. The hypocrisy. <laughs> Fucking hell. I totally forgot. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, man. I, there's just nothing satisfying about soup to me. Like, I've never sat down and been like, ooh, this is the perfect weather or the perfect moment for soup. And every time I've had soup, I have never, ever, ever like been like, wow, now that's a fucking meal. So unsatisfying. It doesn't have to be a meal first. It's part of a meal. It's a course in a lot of cultures. Like you wouldn't have gazpacho as a meal, but you would have it as a delicious cold starter. And cold gazpacho on a hot day is like God kissing you in the mouth. Tongue? Fucking, yeah. Sticking his tongue, plugging his... Yeah, (laughs) I don't want to get too dirty. But also, um, clearly you've... Maybe maybe you've never had a good soup, but like... Wait, you almost made God sexually assault me. Yeah, he was going to do something to you. But you like (laughs) cold gazpacho on a hot day or like, you know, Anthony Bourdain talks about the first time he ever had vichyssoise. What's that? In Kitchen Confidential. Vichyssoise is a French soup, a cold French soup that's made from potato. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. And that was something that really opened up his, like, I think he was a kid when he had it and he tasted it, I think maybe like in France with his parents. And he was like, what, what is this velvety, creamy deliciousness? And I don't know, French onion soup for me is like when I'm feeling blue and like I need a, a pick me up, I'll go have a French onion soup and a big glass of red wine. Well, but would you have that French onion soup if it didn't have the cheese and bread attached to it? Yeah, the broth no. is wonderful. No, you're, you you're wrong. You don't get that for you're, you get you don't get pizza for the, like you get it for the cheese and the bread. But it's that's part of the soup. What I'm saying is you can't just say all soup sucks. Soup is like when we had the tea debate. There's a million different kinds of tea. You can't just say soup sucks. You can say I don't like progresso chicken noodle, well, but course. you can't tell me that like a bowl of fucking clam chowder and a bread bowl. Clam chowder um, is not a fucking soup. Yes, one. it is. No, it's not. It's yes, a it stew. Is. It's a hearty fucking stew. It's a and chowder. Stew is different. Stew is like putting ranch dressing on your salad. That makes it salad. It's all a right. stew. So if you're leaving stews and chowders out of it, then there are still fucking amazing soups that you can have that will change your mind. No. Uh, the most beautiful tomato bisque or a crab bisque no. tomato bisque with like a little grilled cheese on the side you're no, wrong because now you're this is it no because you are talking about your what you're saying is it's everything that the soup is accompanied by like grilled cheese or i'm saying the soup on its own like the gazpacho which is my best example that i can what, come up with right that's now that's like spicy with shrimp jalapenos no no gazpacho is like a cold tomato soup sometimes it's got a little bit of sherry in it it's got onions cilantro usually um it doesn't have a bunch of seafood in it? No. No. Gazpacho is a vegetarian. Vegan. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. No wonder I've never had that bullshit. And it's fucking amazing. And you're so wrong. And you sound silly talking about I it and saying it's, it's bullshit because it you just it's haven't like a had bowl the right of shitty soup. tea. No. It's water. It, like, you've never had good tea put... and you've never had good soup. And I'm so excited to change your mind. I really am. I'm so excited. I can't wait to be wrong. Truly. I'm so, I like want to be wrong. Like a cold corn chowder on a hot day? Uh, can't talk about chowders. Yeah, well, it doesn't have anything. It's like a, it's a vegetarian version, so it's like it's still a soup. Chowder is different. Okay, vichyssoise, or we're gonna find a great bisque. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go on a mission to find the best bisque. I've or had bisque. All of the amazing Asian soups, the Vietnamese and Thai soups. If you go to Applebee's, 
on the buffet. Nobody gets you soup can get, at Applebee's. You can get, you know, the big tubs where they have lettuce and you can build your own salad. They mm. just have a tub of bisque. And you can just dip your whole bowl in there and pull out a whole thing of bisque. This is and your it's problem. so bad. This is your problem because you've been getting soup at places like that. You but can like, get a pitcher. We can, we, we can go and have like tortilla soup at a great Mexican restaurant. Or we can go for Vietnamese soup and get one of those beautiful clear bowls of like lemongrass with a little bit of fish sauce and garlic and spice. And You're you so wrong. You make it sound so delicious. You're and so every wrong. time I taste it, I'm just like... Man, I wish this was a sandwich that tasted like this. I wish this was a meal that tasted like this instead of like a, you know, a, a slurp. You know how I know you're wrong? How? Because my saliva glands under my tongue just squirted. Really? Yep. When I was talking about that Vietnamese soup. Wow. Kind of like the dinosaur in JP in Jurassic Park mm-hmm. on Newman. Yep. Wayne Knight. Squirty, squirty like no venom, but my uh-huh. glands just were like, yep, soup is good. Damn. I can't wait to prove you wrong. I can't wait to have it because I've never had a soup where I was like, mm, hey, you know what? I'm having this again. Mm-hmm. Like I've never returned to a soup. And I think that's like my biggest problem is that I, I've, it's never been something like I have such strong cravings for certain things, you know, mm. and soup is never crossed my mind ever. Oh, I'm so ever. excited. And I, I, I would welcome the opportunity to like see this play out, see what people think about it. You know, pick a few soups, have a poll. Pick a restaurant. Pick a pick a place. Give me a restaurant. And you know, yeah, tell tell Mike where to go. Tell us where to go to like talk about some more soup. And then if I if I lose the debate and people come down hard against soup, I would be happy. I would welcome the opportunity to make you a soup that would change your mind. Okay. Because I used to make huge, huge, huge amounts of soup all the time because often when I was like a student in theater school that was all I could afford Mm -hmm. in culinary we made soups like we had a soup day you Mm -hmm. know just to like it's like what do I do with all of these components Mm -hmm. well you can make a soup and that's kind of you know the garbage dump for everything that you don't want to use anymore my god (laughs) that's so true that's what stock is stock is you know you use all of the different it's not garbage it's using everything you are so disrespectful it is not garbage it's not disrespectful to know that you wouldn't use this for anything else but you're still using it yeah but that's not garbage that means it's not garbage it's the opposite oh, you're right. of garbage. No, you're right on it's that. It's something that you're using. Using. Okay. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. Great, great. Well, you don't need me to qualify the fact that you're right. You're just fucking right. All right. Oh, man. I'm so excited to change your mind and figure out, like, where in L.A. we can go to have, like, a soup day. Oh, my gosh. You go to Chili's and you get, like, a pitcher of soup, four pint glasses for $9.99 plus a quesadilla. So gross. Oh, my God. I'm so surprised that when you were in New York doing uh, HBO that you never went to Hale and Hardy Soups. Oh, it, I never would have made the effort. That I was mean, like the go-to up in that part of like Midtown. That was where I always went was Hale and Hardy Soups. And also the Soup Nazi from Seinfeld has his like soup. Oh, I didn't know that was real. Yeah. Oh, that's really neat. <laughs> that's a real place. It would have been nice to just go there to go there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I it, No, no. Because, you know, it was rainy and cold because it was that time of year in New yeah. York. And so I always, you know, got... Um, like big meals and that was kind of like my rainy comfort way was to eat like a big piece of fried chicken on a biscuit and things like that mm-hmm. never a soup mm-hmm. no nothing like that where i have to pull out glasses and read a book because i'm slurping i don't know oh my goodness you're like soup sucks prejudiced against to soup. soup yeah soup sucks stew love it chili love it chowder love it it's so different mm. au jus Huge fan. If that was every soup was just something I could dip a sandwich in, like a roast beef, and all, like matzo ball soup, fucking disgusting. 
disgusting. I mean, Ugh. that's just like a weird traditional thing. That's but that not was the first soup I ever had. Right? Like, yeah, but like because I'm Jewish, like the first soup I was ever introduced to was at Passover and things like that. And matzo ball soup is fucking gross as hell. So it, that like was my baseline for all soups. Since. And that's just kind of like broth with matzo balls in it, right? Yeah, and matzo balls are disgusting. What are they? Um, uh, like, I, like a cracker? It's, no, it's like, what it is, is it like, you know, in a blender, you throw a bunch of styrofoam in oh. and you add like a little bit of water and flour so it all sticks back together and then oh. you just roll that in gilt and oh. boil it. Poached. Cool. Yeah, it's poached gilt with styrofoam. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what's a great sort of, it sounds like it's kind of like matzo ball soup, but it's it's a better version maybe, is wonton soup. Have you ever had wonton soup? Um, I don't think so. I really don't. Wonton soup is soup because it has the word soup in the name, so you can't argue with me. Cool. But it's got like little wontons floating in it, little pork or shrimp wontons, little dumplings. That sounds good. So is it a broth with some wontons in it? Like there? a clear broth, like almost mm-hmm. that chicken soupy yellow piss broth? Mm-hmm, with a little bit of oil floating on the top and then maybe some shaved scallions if you're at a really nice place. Sounds great. It's pretty good. Would you call ramen a soup? Uh, and pho? Mm, they're, they're noodle soups. I don't see. I don't think so. Right? They're noodle soups. I don't think so. It's yeah. a it's a delicious broth, but like it's but spaghetti. N- no, because there's they're mo- they're like it's loose leaf mo- spaghetti. As much broth as it is noodles, so I think that's a soup. You really think it's a one to one? Yeah, I think ramen is definitely a soup, and I think pho is definitely a soup because it's like if you get pho to go, mm-hmm. the container that the broth comes in is bigger than all of the vegetables and meat. It's mostly broth. Damn. They're noodle soups, just like chicken noodle soup, but from different places. Damn. Mm-hmm. Sorry, man. Yeah, you knocked that out of the park. Have you ever had borscht? Uh, no, I've never had borscht. Mm. Have you ever had mulligatani? What's that? So many good soups to introduce you to. Have you ever had bouillabaisse? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, of course. All like, right. especially, not of course. You would, I don't know why I said it like that because cool. I'm getting super defensive because I feel like I'm already losing. I think you, yeah. <laughs> You're on your back foot. Hold on. I'm uh, going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to sort this one out. So the poll, can we just say soup is, and then we say, good or bad and just leave it at that and see what people say and then the disclaimer is we're not talking stews we're not talking chowders we're not talking chilies we're talking soups and just leave it at that for people to vote on are you going to be able to leave it at that because then i feel like you're going to weigh in on your own socials and be like no i don't want to tagging me and be like (laughs) i know i know because i know you can't resist that hot debate I love fighting but i no i i want this to be clear cut and i want to just distinguish what we're talking about versus what we're not talking about. Okay. I agree to those terms. And then what's the, what's the, uh, win lose situation? Mm, I mean, is it making a soup for the other person as usual? Sure. Okay. But if I lose, I would like to have the soup that's going to change my mind. Like I don't want to request a certain soup. I'd rather have the soup that you think I should have. Wait, if you lose, Wait, how's this going? If you, if people say that soup is good, mm-hmm. then I make you soup. Well, you just introduce me to the soup that's gonna introduce me to the soup. Okay, that's changing my mind because I don't want to make a request. And if I lose, um, I'm I, never allowed to drink soup again. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the end of the rules. No, so what happens if I lose? Um, I just like throw a bunch of tea bags into a bowl and serve it to you, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "There's your soup." That's no, mean. I don't know. I guess I could make you a soup or I could take you to get the soup of your choice. Like yeah. either way, 
you either introduce me you introduce me to the soup if you win that's it we found it okay so if you win and everyone's like soup is good i have to take you to get the soup that we're gonna have Mm -hmm. and if i win Mm -hmm. you have to pay for the soup that we have okay Either way, we're having soup. Either way, we're having soup. Okay. And that will that will change our lives. That will change our lives. It just depends who pays for it. Okay. Great. Cool. Okay. Deal. Do you want to shake? Yep. All right. Shaking on Shook. it. Shook. Shook. I've been shooketh. shooked. I am shooketh. <laughs> wow. I'm so curious what I'm people excited. are going to say. Ooh. Yeah. That's oh. good. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Soup it is. Soup it is. Yeah, and then you like you have a show tonight, you have a show tomorrow night, then you have Glazed. Yep. You're busy right now. It's cool. I'm having a good time. That's good. Yeah, Glazed should be fun. Last one for who knows how long. Yeah. Maybe ever. Well. But that's we'll okay. <laughs> so that'll be Thursday. If you live in LA and you'd like to come to Glazed, uh, 9.30 at night, DM me. Free pie. Free pie. I'm coming. Yeah, Amanda's Baked Goods is making five free pies for the show. Fuck, yes it is. Ooh, she is. Ooh, yeah. And, and oh, and you read the flavors to me. Yeah. And there was one like honey custard fucking something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's honey. All I'm, that's all I care about. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I'll have a bunch of giveaways and, you know, free weed shit. Yep. So come through. Sweet. That's it. I don't know what else, really. Like, I feel much better talking to you. Good. I feel like I kind of cleaned myself out with this podcast in particular yeah that's it's really nice it's um oh it's just a good reset yeah you know for me too um uh yeah this week was uh we were talking to our friend lauren on saturday after a photo shoot that she did for us we'll be dropping some sweet fucking images really soon from a weed and grub photo shoot and uh, we were talking to lauren afterwards and i was saying you know I'm, i'm gonna be uh celebrating two years in la july 1st it'll be two years and like i've feel like I'm arriving. I feel like I'm finally getting the hang of it, although I still feel like a stranger in a foreign land. One of the things I'm really noticing about Los Angeles, and I don't know if it's just like how how my life is or if this is just Earth 2018 or if it's how LA is, but I've never lived in a city where I can have an awesome day and then a terrible day and then a great day and then a shitty day. Yeah. And then a fabulous day and then the worst day and then an awesome day. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, it's really weird here. And I think some of it is part of the culture of um, people have a little more space to be flaky here because everyone is sort of like into just like doing what they need to do for themselves. And I get that. But also, I think that's a part of it. Like there's like a like a weird like I like I was trying to plan like the dog, the dog party, for instance, that I had. And like just even planning that, I was like, I don't even know if people are going to come to this. Like it was just weird. I was like, this is it's, it's hard to pull things together in a city where everyone is so far apart yep it's nerve-wracking it is nerve-wracking so i can't imagine like i'm not producing shows like you are right now i hope to at some point you know but um it's got to be like intense it is because i fully expect no one to show up right every single time i walk into it i'm like no one's gonna be here that's what's gonna happen i just have to live with that and I've seen, like, really, I mean, Glaze has always been incredible and always sold out, can I point out? So it's like, I feel like it's always just going to be that way. But I've also seen really great shows with small audiences here in Los Angeles. Totally. Um, congrats on your new job. Oh, thank you. Do you want to talk about it at all, or do you want to wait? Yeah, well, I haven't published anything uh, as a writer for this new gig yet, but I'm going to... Can we share your title? Uh, product Specialist. Which means? I'm going to be testing and writing... Um, all sorts of cannabis products, testing all sorts of cannabis products here in SoCal and then writing about it. 
Yeah. So awesome. I'm pretty excited about it. God, you're going to get the best of the best of everything. We're going to get to share them because I'm going to need help. <laughs> Good. <laughs> My third like, eye is open and ready. I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to have to reach out to some friends and be like, I have to test a bunch of stuff. You know, I need some opinions. <laughs> Mary Jane, it seems like each of your articles is we went camping naked and tried <laughs> a bunch of new dab rigs. <laughs> Oh, don't ever dab naked. It's just a terrible idea. <laughs> Blow torches and hot pipes. <laughs> and pubic hair, do not mix. But uh, yeah, we could like take like the 10 best pre-rolls and go into the woods. Mm-hmm. I'd do that. You know what's great with THC in the woods? Mushrooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need I need to do some mushrooms again soon. I do too. I have a bunch of something else, but I would love to do mushrooms. Yeah, I'll do them with you. Okay. Great. Um, this will be our last one because it's it's weird to <laughs> do podcasts while we're tripping in the woods naked. But uh, enjoy it. And we're just off the grid forever. We just never come back. I know. Our, our bones are found in a cave in 100 years. Mm-hmm. Yep. To, to really force the callback. And that bear is making soup. Oh, no. <laughs> this feels good. Yep. Um, anything else? That's it for me, I think. Okay. Uh, oh, I have one last thing. What? Vote on our thing, on our poll. Oh. Please vote. Yeah. Also and, vote in the primaries. <laughs> I don't, also vote in the primaries. That's what we should be plugging for the yeah. rest of this. There's like other primaries happening around the country. Okay. Like I voted in the California primary on whatever that was, but yeah, vote. Yeah. I, I voted vote. twice. They let me vote twice under oh, two different names. That's cool. Yeah. I made a fake ID, printed it out, showed it to them. They let me vote. And then I came back in wearing a mustache and they let me vote again. Oh, we just hear the FBI like, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Glazer. You can vote as many times as you want until they catch you. And that's the beauty of democracy. Great. I'm moving back to Canada. <laughs> cool. Where there's legal weed. Oh my gosh. That's let's end it with that plug. All right. So Canada just voted under the leadership of Justin Trudeau to Canada's dad. Federally legalize cannabis across the nation for adult use. And uh, the rules will vary from province to province because each province gets to decide how they want to implement them. In my home province of Newfoundland, it's going to be like private retail shops. So people are just going to have to apply for permit and they'll be able to open up shops and sell legal weed. So great. Across the frickin' country, federally. It's the second country in the world to legalize. It's the first country of the G7 mm-hmm. to legalize. And um, I just feel like it's going to be amazing when it happens it's gonna uh hopefully roll out like eight to 12 weeks from now so by this fall canada will be fully legal wow such a huge deal it's unbelievable cool congrats to your homeland thanks man very nice yeah we can go visit okay uh that's it for me yeah that's it for me bye bye